Alright everyone, welcome to the second episode of Go With The Flow. Um, special guest here today, my friend Max. A uh, little, little bit of background. I think Max and I met first day of classes our freshman year at Club Soccer Tryouts, which is when I met Jaylani as well, so shout out to Club Soccer for giving me some of my closest friends. But yeah, Max is a real cool guy, British dude, born in New York, but he's not really, he's, he's British. But uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the show, Max. Thank you, Flo. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy I'm the second guest. I feel honored. You should. You should. Uh, but first question: How do you? How does it feel to be back on campus? And I know we were we were both in the area in the fall semester, both living off campus. But it feels a little bit different this semester because the majority of the campus population is back. So how how does it feel to be back? Hey, it feels nice. I think that. First semester back in the Princeton area, it was kind of eerie. There weren't that many people walking around. It was more just the locals. Now you're kind of starting to see students around, which is obviously very exciting. Still, everyone's in kind of their quarantine period, so still slightly odd, but overall, uh, definitely excited for like the next few weeks while things start to open up more and people start to move around again. Gotcha, exactly. And so, like I just mentioned, you're from England. So could you first, uh, well, first just Speak about um, some of the things you do around campus, and then kind of get into how you got all the way from all the way from across the pond to <laughs> to, yeah. to Central Jersey, Princeton. Over there. <laughs> yeah, it was a big jump, <laughs> jump across the pond. Uh, well, for the first kind of question about what I do on campus, very involved with club soccer. You know, that's where I met you, Jaylani, a lot of my close friends as well. My captain. He uh, he is the captain of the team. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, it was a, it's a lucky job. I've done it for two years now. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, I'm also very involved with the Jewish community on campus. That was something that was really important to me when coming to Princeton um, to kind of still connect to my Jewish community and, and kind of family to a degree. And so I'm currently actually the president of Chabad. I didn't um, even know that. Look at that. This yeah. podcast is making me learn new things <laughs> about my friends. It was a friends. recent election. Okay. Recent, Congrats. Recent introduction. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Inaugurated on the same day as Biden, actually. No, no I joking. think... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, um, and also really involved with, like, Israel stuff. So I'm currently VP of Tigers for Israel. I think that I may be at the end of my term, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100% about that. Um, and then I... You know, something I did early on and kind of still do is I volunteer at the Carl A. Field Center Mm -hmm. um, with Chase, a program which kind of helps tutor, you know, underprivileged or kids who don't have access to tutoring in the local area, which has definitely been a super highlight for me. And then I'm also part of Ivy, which is something I'm also part of with Falaren over here. And then, oh, jumping across the pond. That's a good question. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's, that's a, that's a good question. I say, I say originally... I wanted to come to the States um, because of football. Mm-hmm. Everyone may refer to that as soccer. I think, yeah, for my probably my <laughs> listeners, we mean soccer. Yeah, exactly. yep. <laughs> uh, for all the listeners, it's soccer. Over here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I originally wanted to come for football, uh, took it really seriously back home. And um, then in 11th grade, kind of went to one of these camps here, uh, was kind of getting interest from a few universities, and then had. A bad injury, both of my knee and my hamstring, that kind of ruled out a lot of the ability for me to take videos and mm-hmm. you know do all the recruitment stuff. And I was also kind of like really naive about it. I thought I could send like one game tape and then that would be it. You thought you were nice like that. You thought that would. Be I no, I just thought that it was. <laughs> I didn't know that you had to have like years worth of. St- I, I I was bad about it. Uh-huh. Anyway, I kind of after that injury, I kind of got annoyed about the whole thing. But when kind of looking at American universities I was like holy crap compared to America compared to England the breadth and the ability to the you know the top schools there's like 20 25 top schools yeah while in England that number's much lower um and so I was kind of intrigued through football but then kind of found my way looking at other universities um ended up coming uh kind of applying to Princeton um, in large part, actually, my dad came to Princeton, so he always wanted me to come here, which was the exact reason why I didn't want to come here, <laughs> yeah. as, as one would do. And I actually was never going to visit Princeton. I kind of was going to visit other Northeastern schools and was visiting Penn, fell in love with it, and was like, all right, 
this is it. Yeah. And uh, we were going to go to New York in the end to kind of visit some schools in New York. And as if someone knows their American geography, <laughs> to go from <laughs> Philadelphia to New York, you uh-huh. have to go like kind of past Princeton. Yeah. Yeah. Because Prin- yeah, Princeton's kind of centrally located between uh, Philly and New York. Exactly. Yeah. And so kind of my dad was like, let's just stop for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, take a look. And I was like, no, we're not doing it. Everywhere else, I'd book the tour. I was like, I'm not booking a tour for instance. I'm like, going, you know? <laughs> and then we kind of came here. I was fortunate that actually the rabbi of Chabad uh, came, introduced himself, and then showed me around for like a few minutes. And then we honestly ended up staying here for a few hours. I was like, oh, this is maybe the place that I actually want to go. I don't know why I've been avoiding it my whole life. There and you so, go. And then obviously ended up applying, uh, you know, luckily for me. And I think... You know, mistakenly for Princeton, they accepted me, and uh, here I am, did third you, year in, and going strong. Did you consider NYU at all since your brother goes there? Um, it was, I was fortunate, I applied early to Princeton. Okay. So, and that's like a crazy system where you like get in and then you don't have to do anything for months, mm-hmm. right? I mean, England's slightly different because you've got A-levels and other exams. You have to yeah, take. I'm going to ask you about England, we'll get into we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get, we'll get a little yeah, bit of a whole tricky subject, but I guess... I got in early, and so I, I was also lucky because I wrote zero other essays. Mm-hmm. So that you know that December holiday probably would have been you know one of the worst times, which I'm sure it is for many people. So I was lucky, got in, and then kind of didn't think about it for a few months. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I think this. I don't know how many people know this, but there are there's a lot of British students at Princeton. Yeah, we're, pr- we're proud it, to be. It was it's absurd how you strike up a conversation with someone, you hear the accent, you're like British. They're like, yeah. And so my my over under for however many how many British students there are at Princeton, I'm saying sixty. Do you think it's over or under that? We're under 60. 60. Ooh, was, I, was I, thinking, think, I was thinking 50, so I was like... Because yeah, I, I put... Off the top of my head, I could probably name 15, which is a ridiculous amount to just know personally. So I'm assuming there's some number way higher than that here. I would say it's probably around the 60 range. Because I, I was speaking to actually a friend, Louisa, mm-hmm. the other day about this. Because I think we combined more her because she's probably the most sociable person I've ever met in my life. But, True. Fair. Shout um, out to Louisa. Yeah, shout out to Louisa. <laughs> but uh, I would say that she, she was like, yeah, I know every British kid in our class. And I was like, dude, she's like, I'm most likely, if they're not British and I don't know them, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> yeah. I also say that I think it's lucky that you find a lot of British friends are friends with each other. First, culturally, it's just easier to un- like understand British people than Americans, which yeah. I guess we probably can go into culture shocks and that. Yeah, we'll get into, we'll get but, into that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, also there was I O, which I didn't go to international orientation. Okay, um, I didn't go to, but that's where a lot of international kids kind of originally meet their Princeton friends, mm-hmm. which happen to all be international kids, mm-hmm. and so then that's where those like groups and friend groups form early on. Do y'all have a group chat with a specific There group? is. A, there's a there's a British group chat for sure and I think it's it's called Brexit or it's called it's, it's got some some not some name like that. Uh yeah, I mean it's not that active, but mm-hmm. it's Oh my gosh, we can So check you could the check the number. Yeah, that's kind of right. Okay, the yeah, numbers. so please pull up, pull up the group chat so yeah, we can check. My final guess is going to be 73. British students at Yeah, Princeton. I would also say that there are probably people in this group chat who have graduated. Okay, fair enough. But we'll just add it. We'll add it anyway. They don't have to know that. Which means <laughs> the, the people back home, they want to know. I'm going to I'm also going to say that after the state of New Jersey, England probably is the second highest represented group of people. In this group chat campus. there's 86 members. Look at that. 70 what did I say 72 that's close enough. Yeah. So yeah, cuz you might have more than no. New Jersey has a lot. Cuz I know just from a few high schools there's probably like 50 something. So yeah. Probably New Jersey and then England and then the field. But yeah. And then the field. <laughs> and then the field. <laughs> and then the field. Yeah. But, but just hey, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll okay, but sort of getting into uh England a little bit more. What first of all, what was your biggest cultural shock you would say coming from England from right from England to Princeton Ooh, there were a lot there were a lot of culture shocks I'll tell you some of the bigger ones uh, one of the bigger ones is surrounding alcohol in general uh-huh. just like attitudes towards alcohol I think because the drinking age in England is 18 
and and so you know hypothetically people start earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at when the you're, of, you're at the pubs at like six years old. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we live at the pubs. So when we came to Princeton, alcohol wasn't alcohol wasn't just a thing to go out and get drunk, but it was also something people enjoyed going to, for example, the pub mm-hmm. or like going out to dinner and having I don't know a drink. Was it was much more of an enjoyable experience rather yeah. than just an experience for the sake of going out. Yeah. Um, and so I think coming here where it was everyone was just like let's get drunk on beer <laughs> it was it was like it was like I'd already done this and it was I'd done this like years ago and I was like why are people doing that and like you know yeah and so it, there's definitely that the kind of alcohol aspect I'd also say that not saying British people are that mature but Americans are particularly immature <laughs> I thought you were okay. Like, okay no no <laughs> just like about general things and I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's Princeton in general. Uh-huh. But I just think general attitudes and, and, I don't know, ideas of conversation and stuff, in, when I first came here, was, was much more mature than I thought. Okay. Which, I, I guess, it was maybe, I was coming thinking, I'm coming to Princeton, everyone's going to be like, these idolized like Olympic medalists or or like top yeah of their we're, class just, we're just we're just we're, we're just regular kids yeah yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything um, and so I think that was also probably the biggest one that's why I guess a lot of the international kids in general have like a closer bond with other international kids just because culturally it's easier to like get across because not only like the cultural references right like oh let's go to the pub or or, or things like that but it's also just general attitudes I guess mm-hmm. and like I was telling someone the other day like that famous like there's like that famous quote it's like Americans live to work but, a, but Europeans work to live okay I like that because like Americans are like very intense about like everything yeah. it's always you have to be busy 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 well I think Europeans are more on the side of like we're working up to the point where you know it makes sense yeah. and then and then and then kind of trying to enjoy that so that's those were probably the three biggest things um, for me, and something that I definitely think other international kids feel. And honestly, on the on the alcohol thing, for full context, we have something called Frosh Week, which is I think at other schools it might be called Syllabus Week, but it's the first week when everybody gets to campus, and there aren't really any classes yet, and so everyone is just using that time to socialize. And in that first week of of everyone being on campus, we call it Frosh Week. In the eating clubs, the street is open for everybody to go to most of the clubs. And I think it was our year, the class of 2022, our freshman year, we had so many people who got makoshed, which is our university health center, where you get sent when you... You, you drink Paralytic. a little, yeah. You drink a little bit too much alcohol, and I think we had the record number of people that that happened to, to the point that the following year for the class of 2023, freshmen were not allowed on the street in Frosh Week, and so I definitely see what you're saying with the with the people yeah. just drinking for the sake of it. And honestly, it probably helps that because in England the drinking age is uh, 18; it's lower. People by the time they get to college, they probably are a little bit more experienced with alcohol. Yeah. Whereas over here, the drinking age is 21. We all come in a, into college and we're. Which doesn't what, really make sense. Tw- anyway. yeah, well, yeah, whatever. We, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we come in and we're 20, and everyone, a lot of people, this is their first time, their first experiences with alcohol, and so they just do the absolute most with it. And yeah. so, yeah, a lot of nice. people get them a cost. Class of 2022, we really left our mark. Really proud of that. And we're looking forward to sort of revival. I know we are proud of it. I've never been Makash. I will never be Makash. Uh, yeah, yeah, Come exactly. We're, we're responsible. And, and so, yeah. We don't drink. We don't do anything. Yeah, we don't even, yeah exactly. We don't, even, we don't even drink. Are, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Orange juice, apple juice, lemon infused water that yeah. you gave me right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's no, we're, we're treating you right. <laughs> there, yeah, but um, so back into sort of more comparisons between English, England, and America. And this is even more of your high school experience. Mm. Um, what would you say are some of the main differences between... Uh, is it called secondary school there? Yeah, secondary, secondary school. school. Yeah, that's what it's called in Nigeria too. Secondary school and high school. Um, British secondary school and American high yeah, school. Yeah, American high school. Well, like, what are the A-levels and all that? Like, what is it? Oh, that like that part. Well, I mean, I can't speak to high school in America just because I, I guess... My interpretation is much more based on stereotypes. And like TV shows. And TV shows enough, yeah. and things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, I can somewhat infer to a level. But I, I guess for England, you you only there's no middle school. It's just primary school and secondary school. Mm-hmm. And secondary school is from, let me get this right, year seven, sixth grade to twelfth grade. Okay. Um, and then you basically, in 
10th grade, you have, there's, there's no GPA, so like every year your classes don't kind of add up to this cumulative grade. I don't know if I like that better or worse, but okay. So it's predominantly, exa- it's all exam based. Okay. Like your, your admittance into universities and stuff is all based on your ability to take exams well, basically, which is, I guess, for some people much better than others, uh, which is quite unfortunate. But in 10th grade, you take exams called GCSEs. You usually take, I mean, the average is probably like eight or nine cl- t- classes. You can take more. Okay. Um, that's kind of like the standard ones. It's like, you usually take sciences. So some people take double, triple science. So biology, chemistry, physics. Then you take some English classes. Uh, then you take a maths. And then, and then you take like a few others. And then in 12th grade, in 11th and 12th grade, you study for A-levels, which is like very specialized, three or four classes. Is, so, is that like the SAT? Is that comparable to the SATs or no? Not really, just because the SAT in terms of the one that you like. It's like, the the SAT is the standardized test that, well, you can either do the SAT or the ACT, but that's a standardized test that is usually a benchmark. Like, if if you want to go to a school like Princeton, you need to, say, hit a certain number, and then you know you might have a solid chance of getting in. But it's not related to your school coursework. It's something you do outside of school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess it's not the same. There's similarities. I think the similarities is the standardized test Mm -hmm. um, across the UK. So if I'm in London and someone's in Manchester, we're going to be taking the same exam at the end of 12th grade for maths, for example. But um, I would say that I think um, A-levels is very specialized. And that's what the UK predominantly focuses on. Like for universities, you don't apply to a university. You apply to a course at a university mm-hmm. so you wouldn't apply to Princeton you would apply to for example let's say you apply to neuroscience at, yeah. at Princeton University and so you'd get in for that specific course and so there's much less breadth and so basically at age 16 you have to decide your next five years of life which, which kind of sucks is, that's which, not, yeah. that's not the best yeah I remember I remember I met this kid from Oxford who when I was in Kenya when I went there two summers ago and he mm-hmm. was talking about how when you get accepted it's only for the one major basically and you yeah. really it's really not that easy to kind of switch between majors whereas yeah. for us I kind of love how we come in see because I came in as an engineering major was I always going to stay with that probably not yeah. did I sort of finesse the system to get in yeah. probably yeah but okay that it is what yeah, it is it is, <laughs> it is, it we'll is what it we is. can and now I've switched to neuroscience and so and honestly over here at Princeton we have until the end of our sophomore year to decide what our major is which I really appreciate and so we're able to come in because I don't think first of all I don't think many people really re- know what they want to yeah. major in I don't or think anyone ever does ever <laughs> does unless you're like pre-med or one of those things you really have an idea of one what you want to major in and where you're trying to what you're trying to do with your life so I like that we get to come in where we have the ability to take all these different prerequisites classes and then sort of figure out exactly what it is that you want to do. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine if it was if I had to do the British system yeah. and I was like, oh, at 16, yeah, I want to be a doctor. And then two years later, I don't. What, what do I do about yeah, that? Yeah, because then you're taking biology, chemistry. You're taking those classes for A-levels. Yeah. And then I think the worst part about the whole system in England is A-levels at the end of 12th grade. Dur- at the be- in kind of During 12th grade, you apply to universities. Yeah. When you apply to universities, they'll see your predicted grades that your school gives you for those exams in the summer, but the university won't accept you. They'll accept you conditional on an offer Some most of the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's unconditional, but most of the time it's conditional on an offer. So let's say you got into, you applied to UCL, University of College London, you really wanted to go for medicine. You send them your application, you send them your predicted grades, and they go, we're giving you a conditional offer, three A's. And so in those, and then you take the exam in the summer, and then August, literally, they come out, I think, August 14th, second week of August, they yeah. come out with the grades. Mm-hmm. If you don't get those grades... They can rescind their offer. They, it's not they can, they do. They d- so you don't get in. And so then that week is kind of hell week for a lot of people who potentially didn't make their offer and now are trying to negotiate with universities to maybe find a similar course oh, that nah, would take lower grade. And nah, so you that- find out a week before you're, in, you're into university. That Which could, here I was into Princeton seven months before. Yeah, I got, dude, you know? it could that could have been more different from what it's like here in America. I remember, I didn't apply early. I applied regular, but even regular, you hear like by March, mm-hmm. and so some people apply early and they get in in December or January, whenever, and they know for that many months. Yeah. I applied regular. I think got in March first, whenever the the decision is, and you so you have that decision 
from March. And my school year didn't end until like mid June. So that's like three or four months where it's senior senior spring is notorious for uh, in high school here in America for being the time when seniors just absolutely check out and they just don't care anymore. That, so see, that's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst time of our lives because it's, yeah. it's just consistent studying for these you know exams that you've got to do well unless you want to get into university. Yeah, I can't is... imagine that. But okay, so sort of uh, shifting away from the the academic aspect of uh, secondary school in England, more of the social aspect. First question: Do y'all have prom in England? I underrated. I we do. Oh, you do. Yeah, Why yeah. do I think you did have prom? What are your thoughts on prom? I th- personally, I think prom is the single most overrated aspect of the American high school experience. It gets built how up often, so much in TV prom, shows and do movies. You only have one prom in high school. I know it's different. It's different from school to school. At my high school, we had junior prom, so that was for just a junior year, and then we have senior prom. Okay. So yeah, you. But you can as a junior, you could go to both. As a senior, you could go to both. I. Junior year, I went to I went to both. Senior year, I went to junior prom, and then I didn't even go to my senior prom because a lot of backstory there. But I was also just very over all of it in general. Fair. But yeah, prom prom highly overrated. But I didn't know y'all had. Oh uh, well, English. I mean, I can't speak for all British schools. I think it was just an ex- I think it's just an excuse to go out. I would say it's probably better in England just because, like for Drinking example, ages. mine. Yeah, my prom it was at the end of our tw- year thirteen, so twelfth grade, and yeah. so everyone was eighteen. So we rented out a cl- like this club mm-hmm. with a o- with an open bar. See now that sounds more and so fun. that's an, so that, you, that was actually a part you know. A okay, serious. you offer you offer me that my senior year. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, probably so, gonna so show that was up. Probably it. But I don't know what to old British schools. I I probably assume there's something similar to it. I know other schools near me also had you know a party that some people call prom, some people call I don't know end of year. And party. it's still the same type of situation where all the dudes wear tuxes and all the girls wear dresses and everybody. Gets, oh no, gets... dudes don't wear tuxes. What? What do y'all wear? I actually wore some flamboyant suit. I will need to see those pictures. You will at see a later photo. time, I will need you to see those link pictures. It to the podcast. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm not super proud of it at this moment. Uh, in the moment, I thought I was kind of being some. Dashing the young. Fella. You thought you were like James Bond or something? What no, it wasn't. Like James Bond would never even consider <laughs> this, this suit. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. But uh, girls do get wear dresses, and it's not like there's not that whole like oh pick up your date and. All right, so my mom just called me and cut off the recording of the podcast, which I'm very annoying. I will call her back right after this, but back to Max. We're you were saying, yeah, exactly. Uh, girls, uh, you were saying they don't pick up the yeah, pick yeah, up the so date. So there's no kind of formal pick up the date from their parents' house and mm-hmm. say I'll take care of your daughter and all that, you know, good old traditional stuff. I would say it's more just. I think in England it's just like an excuse to get drunk with your whole class. So fair enough. So there's that element. Yeah. Fair enough. I was about to say I don't think I picked up. My dates, but then I remember I did, and I do remember I was very intimidated meeting fathers. That is a scary thing. However, I am quite proud, actually. What's the official thing that you give a girl? The corset? Corset. My mom called me right before and was like, you have to get one. Uh And I was like, what is that? I've never even heard of these things. My mom's like, you have to get one. Oh, is it corset or corsage? One of the two. One of the two. One of the two. Sounds right. Say you want you fucking. One of them one, one sounds of the two. right. Yeah. yeah, so I get one. One of only like five guys, you know. Come on. One yeah. of five. Okay, that's yeah. You see, yeah. Okay. It, it gave me some serious props. I'll, I'll, I'll give my mom that. That's all credit to my mother, not nothing to me. Nothing to you. Shout out to your mom. Your mom's great. Mm. Um, shout out to my mom. Next, next aspect of sort of the social aspect of of uh, British secondary school. Do y'all have Spirit Week? No, I, I think that's a. Like the whole spirit, like homecoming. I no. You don't have that. I think in general, sports in general in high school is much bigger in America than it is in secondary school. Okay. We take our sports very seriously, but there's no, we don't get huge crowds coming to our games, and there's no whole like facade around like cheerleaders and and things like that. So I, I would like to say that that's probably school, better in America. Honestly, I mean, I would like to say that at my high school we had huge crowds at our sports games. We didn't, but I see what you're saying. Generally, at a lot of other schools, there will be the hype around uh, high school sports. So you okay? Well, if for I don't, if anyone's listening in England, homecoming week is usually earlier in the year. It'll be in the fall. It'll probably be like a a big football game usually, and there will be a homecoming court of like five guys and five girls, and then there will be a homecoming king and queen. And so leading up to all that. 
the preceding week there from Monday through Friday there's a different theme for each day so Monday might be like uh athletes versus nerds or something so you're supposed to dress up either like an athlete or like a geek that type of thing or it might be um America Day so you wear red white and blue and then for us at our high school Friday would always be class color day and so each year had a different class and you would Senior year, I remember it was black, so everyone would wear all black. You would get all hyped up, do that type of thing. And then it would accumulate with the football game Friday night and then prom, not prom, the homecoming dance on Saturday night. So that was kind of, it was usually one of the more fun weeks of the school. My school actually did it really well. We would always design the whole school. Like it's, I'll show you pictures. We would spend the day before the Friday so Thursday night everyone would stay and just decorate the whole entire school honestly yeah, I would say that's probably one of the more more fun weeks of uh, yeah. high school for that us. sounds nice I mean I think that would never happen in England also because um, most schools I don't speak for all schools but I'd say most schools public you know private grammar schools all have school uniforms um, which usually consists of a blazer uh, like a you had a school down. uniform yeah I mean, oh, most schools have it. gotta wear a blazer gotta wear a tie gotcha yeah here only only uh private schools or catholic schools or whatever have you yeah no it's basically yeah, most schools because it's like british people want to be you know pompous sometimes yeah y'all a little bit too posh over there huh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah you well, say my school is not posh at all <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like you have to to fit in at that point you know everyone has to wear one otherwise if you don't it's you feel too laid back i don't know Gotcha. Okay, and then final sort of uh, high school social aspect type of thing. Yeah. Did y'all have like a junior trip and a senior trip for the whole class where you just do something? Um, I'd say that school trips in general, I mean, they vary by school. I think in, in England, what, you know, sometimes I guess Americans don't understand is like England and in Europe is very well connected via, you know, trains, but also flights yeah. in general. And so flying from, for example, like New York to Miami, the same as me flying to Prague or something. Well, okay. Yeah. So, so, the, <laughs> okay. so like during, I, during secondary school in general, we were lucky, my school was lucky, we would go on these trips. So in year seven, I mean, in year seven, I went to York, which is somewhere in England, which not, you know, the most riveting place, but <laughs> in year eight, I, we went to Paris oh, because oh. that's... That's just the train away. Um, yeah, like an hour and a half train. Fair I mean, we enough. did take a coach, so it's slightly different. But uh, And then year nine, you know, my school is a religious Jewish school, went to Israel. Year 10, it, it depended what GCSE you took. Like mm -hmm. if you took French, you went to Strasbourg. And if you took Spanish, you went to Madrid. Okay, wow. And then in year 12, I went to Poland to visit the kind of Holocaust um, it was like a Holocaust trip where you kind of visited Krakow, Warsaw, a lot of the... Okay, the well, and that's... So, <laughs> so in general, I, I feel that people in, like people go to school in England. Depends on the school, depends on like yeah. budgets and aspects of that. But it, it's much easier to just travel to like a very cool cultural place, which is less so in America, just because you can stay in America and do everything, I guess. Gotcha. Well, okay, you definitely beat us by going to fuck uh, Paris and all that. But for us, at my high school at least, we junior year, we had something called Washington Seminar. And so we went to D.C. for, I think, four or five days. It was actually, I still maintain to this day that that was the most fun trip and most fun experience of my high school experience. Okay. You have to, we like dress up every day. We feel all cool wearing suits and stuff. All around we love dressing up. We it? do love dressing up. Yeah. A lot of your stories include just that. You're right. <laughs> the first thing I'm, honestly, that, 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 is, that, is a, that is a common theme across all. I didn't even realize that. But yeah. So for us, for Washington Seminar, we got to go to like the National Press Club, um, talk to some dude, Ari Shapiro, he might be famous, he might not be, I don't know, he spoke to us, that was cool, we got to go to the Kennedy Center, watch a play there, we got, they lined up a bunch of stuff that was, that was pretty cool, so it was just five days just exploring DC, we also had a lot of time by ourselves, just with our friend groups, just exploring that type of thing, so extremely fun trip, and then senior year, we go to Disney. So that's sort of the accumulation. That's what everybody sort of looks forward to. So it's just Disney for four or five days. We don't have to dress up there. So okay. there, so there yeah. you go. You get to wear whatever you want. <laughs> and, so, and so that that is what we do senior year. And it's actually so sad. This year's graduating, not this year, last year's graduating class, um, they were supposed to go to Disney 
and then the morning so you have to wake up really early for it we woke up at oh funny story my senior year we were supposed to go and then it snowed really heavily the day of and so we were all scared we thought it would be canceled whatever whatever but then we scrambled and we organized buses and so we bust all the way from west windsor new jersey to orlando florida and it was like a 24-hour bus ride honestly kind of glad it worked out that way because the memories we have it was such a fun experience wouldn't do it again but it was yeah it was was a fun time we yeah we made it fun and then we flew flew back but this year's senior class woke up at 6 a.m they get to the school ready to go and then the, the trip gets canceled because of corona yeah, I hate to see it. I would, I would have been, I would have been so sad. Cause for me, my oldest brother, he, he had his senior, his Disney trip. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade, and ever since that point, I had been looking forward to going to Disney. That was like the thing that I was looking forward to. Like that'll cap off my high school experience. So I couldn't even imagine if I was in that class, and it literally gets to the morning of, and that gets canceled. I would, I would have been, I would to this day, I would still be distraught, but. <laughs> but it, it is hey, what it is. But yeah, so on to uh, club sports. We mentioned that we're both club soccer. You're the captain of the team. That's sort of how we met. What do you think is, and you also said you were trying to play varsity sports initially. What do you think the benefits are of doing club sports as opposed to being a varsity athlete? Uh, yeah, good question. I think, I mean, I can't speak to the varsity lifestyle. I would say that some of the camps I went to were, you know, probably somewhat relatable to the, you know, how the training and the lifting all kind of works. There wasn't classes during that time. So, you know, I can't imagine that element. I think what I love about uh, club soccer in general is that the standards honestly relatively high. There are some. There you are go some, repeat that. We yeah, nice. Yeah. There are there are some. I mean, I always say it. I say that there there's kids in our in our team who I think could easily play varsity at D one level. Yeah. Um. There's a few of us who not my not play. myself included, but some <laughs> some of the others. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there's a few of us who can definitely kind of play at that level. But I think that what club soccer offers you is you know, an intensity of training in that we train usually three, four times a week. Yeah. So it's it's not a light, you know, you go once a week, play some football and then kind of go home. It's, it's you know, intense two-hour sessions, you know, three, four times a week. We have games against other universities. And then I think it, it it's helpful for a lot of kids because it's, it's less of a pressure. Um, obviously, kind of going to training is kind of a thing that you must do to get into the squad for the weekend. But... There isn't a pressure if you mess up maybe one time or need to go to a class or do an office hour, which I think there's probably much more of a pressure as a varsity athlete just because you've kind of been recruited and so you don't want to disappoint the coach. You don't. You you have a lot more expectations and so I think club soccer is just a great social environment. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic social environment. That is that's you know how it allowed me to develop a lot of my close friends. Um, you know, both on the pitch but also off the pitch, which is definitely exciting and so I you know I think it's 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 a great way to meet people a great way to stay connected with your sport um that you love which I love and then as I guess like a small side note as captain it's enjoyable for me because hopefully in my future life I want to become a football man like coach okay yeah and so coach Miss Rahi okay so I mean running the sessions is is super fun Mm. because that like requires me to think of different things requires me to you know, try to understand what works for players, what doesn't, um, and and kind of gives me more of that, you know, leadership role of having to deal with, you know, sometimes 25, 30 guys at practice, making sure yeah. everyone, everything's working smoothly and people aren't, you know, people are learning and getting better. So yeah. definitely something that, I've, you know, pinnacle, one of the top things I've done at this university for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think clubs, club sports and especially club soccer has been, the ideal balance between varsity, which is just an insane amount of time commitment, which I'm here at Princeton because of the academics. It's already taxing enough academically. I don't need to have all those requirements to wake up every day really early, travel, do all that sort of thing. So I respect very much so what varsity athletes are able to do, but I myself not really interested in putting that much time into the sport. And it's also not IMs, which are just a joke, but it's like you mentioned, the perfect in between uh, between the two where practice three times a week we're able to travel and play other schools uh, our freshman year we were able to go up to Brown for the 
club soccer Ivy League tournament, which again one of my one of the highlights of my Princeton experience so far. So yeah, it's and even just like you said on the on the social aspect, because I think at least for myself, it was the first social group that I joined on campus because yeah. tryouts were on the very first day of classes our freshman year. And so we had tryouts in, in the first three days. By that weekend, we're in. We have our initiations. We're able to immediately be ingrained and welcomed into a into a large group of guys, including upperclassmen. So it was it was a perfect, I think, welcome into into yeah, the Princeton experience. Sure. And it, like you said, it keeps keeps you active. I myself, I might not show up to as many practices as you do as the captain, <laughs> but I know it's there for me whenever I want to go kick a ball around, and that's something that I really appreciate. And uh, if this year I was planning on coming back, making an appearance. Oh, I would have been back to our star center back, but you know, things like <laughs> things like COVID didn't want me to be great. So yeah. that kind of got no, me. No, club soccer is uh, huge. I, I would say that my freshman year I was kind of annoyed because myself and Jay Lang, I don't know if Jay spoke about it, we're, we're trying to walk on to the varsity gotcha. team originally. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to talk to him about that, but we, we didn't. Because I, I remember right after I got into Princeton, kind of one of, one of my coaches was like, when I come back to London, I play for a team um, in kind of one of the lower levels of English football. And so uh, I, when I kind of originally got in, I was speaking a lot to the manager um, here at Princeton. And actually myself and Jelani went to a few practices with the varsity team. They ended up having kind of 32 guys on their squad. Mm -hmm. So weren't interested in Big taking, roster, yeah. taking in new guys. I also was... <laughs> Not interested in becoming a thirty-third member of a squad where you play eleven players and maybe have four subs. So it's so that so I, I definitely think originally I was I was kind of annoyed about it, but in, in in the end I was super happy that club soccer was the way I went forward with it. Gotcha. Sure. And then sort of transitioning into not playing sports but more the spectator aspect of things. I know myself. One of the things that ever since I was in middle school or high school, one of the things that I was really looking forward to about college and one of the things that I wanted from my college experience was being able to tailgate the football games, go to the basketball, basketball games where everybody's real excited, real hype. And when I tell you that that could not be further from the reality that we have here at Princeton, um, it, yeah, it's bad. I, you go to football games, everybody's sitting down, the, the stadium's half empty, which first of all, it's there is zero, zero reason our stadium should be that big. I doubt there's ever been a moment that it has been fully packed. That should be at least half the capacity, but that's, that's it's a whole honestly thing. more, it's, I was looked up, it's, I think it's more than the, the township of Princeton. Like, there's 30,000 seats or something in the stadium. Yeah, we're never filling that up. There's, like, 5,000 students, <laughs> and I think there's, like, 25,000 people in the area. Yeah. So if every single person who lived in, like, a two-mile radius went, then maybe it would be full. Yeah, but even yeah, even that, it's, even it's, that just, it's just bad optics. For even the games with more people, it still looks like there's no one there because the stadium is ginormous. So there's yeah. no use for that. And then also, big basketball fans, I go to a lot of the basketball games here just because I like basketball. I remember last year, yeah, last year there was a game, it went to overtime, and everyone was just sitting down. I was like, are, are we serious? Is this what we're doing here? We don't even try to get into the games at all. And so those are some things that I was really looking forward to from my college experience and that I'm kind of sad I've not been able to get. Yeah. What were you kind of, were you kind of expecting the same thing? Is yes. it Okay. I definitely thought. I mean, I came with a lot of, like, delusions about American yeah. University in general, which oh. we could probably touch on, I guess. But in terms of sports in particular, I was probably similar to you. I mean, I, I think I had a different experience just because a lot of the references I got were from watching... I kind of got very heavily involved in, like, college football and college basketball yeah. in England. So when I came here, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be the most fun ever. And yeah. I, I heard of tailgating, didn't know what it actually meant, but was like, oh, that could be fun. I could mean, be fun. You know, we I don't never even know, know what Princeton. it is. Yeah. Um, but then I remember early on, I started, I went to a lot of sports games early on, like just random sports, mm -hmm. just because I was like, all right, I should, I need to find one where it's, you know, hype and crowds going wild. But uh did not happen. I also think that sports fans in general are very different in America than in England. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those videos online where like, they compare the like sports fans at like football games, soccer games, yeah. like their chance compared to the ones in England, mm -hmm. where the chance in England is like we're making more noise or something like that. <laughs> yeah. While like in England, it's it's kind, it's like much more aggressive, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, screaming and stuff like that. So that's also what I miss because I'm a big Chelsea fan. I had a season ticket back home, and so 
going out to all those games, it's you know, it's packed stadium with forty thousand people and like there's everyone cheering the it. whole time and like if there's a throw if there's a good tackle, everyone goes crazy. Yeah. And then you come here and it's like Nothing. there's like twenty people <laughs> at the basketball game. They're like, What is what is happening here? You know? Slightly confusing, but Hey, I guess I came to Princeton for the academics. So, yeah, uh, it is what it is. There's some things you got. <laughs> you got to sacrifice. I feel like I came here thinking it was going to be Penn State sports. Yeah. Or Michigan sports. LSU, Alabama, yeah, all those just, types of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then comes to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was delusional because there's only five thousand students here. So, True. You know, it was. Ne- there's never going to be unless everyone goes to a basketball game and like, then that could be packed yeah. somewhat. But uh, yeah, definitely not something that. Is is there to look forward to, but uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say English sports because I'm also a huge Premier League fan, and that mm. is on. Uh, once this pandemic is over, I, that's probably the first thing on my bucket list is to make it to a Man U game because mm. that's my favorite team. Mm-hmm. That is, I've sp- fans have been some of my favorite aspects of sporting events for the longest time. So the fact that because of the pandemic, the there's no fans in the stadium, it it really takes away from the experience. I think. Because even in regular years, when it's, like you're saying, 40,000 people going crazy throughout the entire game, that's the type of thing, you're able to feel through the TV and it actually makes you excited to, to be yeah. watching the game. So that, yeah, definitely just being a fan, that type of thing, is something that I I just really appreciate. And I'll take you to a Chelsea game if you want to come. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go to, yeah, no. Yeah, it's on no, the record no, now. No. I'm going to take you now. Okay, word, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, okay, word, you're taking me. But it's funny because wouldn't you say that, at least for me, the most, the single most hype sporting event that I've been to since I've been at Princeton was the squash match that we went to. Would you uh, say that? Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that one or... I went to a volleyball game once. They're usually... Okay, volleyball games are pretty fun. Pretty fun. Also, because our volleyball team is particularly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good point. I, I'd say... But the squash game was that the best. That squash game because was lit. Uh, we went with 20 people. Yeah, and, and it was our friend playing in the match. So, yeah. yeah it was, that, was, that, was a, that was a great sporting event, honestly, <laughs> underrated. I didn't even know I could get involved in squash like that. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know anything about... I still don't know the rules of the game. Yeah, I just, I just, it was I, nice I heckling of, the dude. I think I know. I, I mean, I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you just have to hit the ball against the wall and hope for the best. Yeah, and you can't like touch each other. Slightly confused how you can like run into each other. But no, you can't. You're not supposed to remember that dude was like yeah. on the whole time about it. But we were just there's sometimes the there's like time. passes, like as if you're, you if you hit them, but it's accidental. Then like the point restarts, even though you had like a really I don't know. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah, well, that's honestly that's that's it. enough squash <laughs> talk for the rest of this for the existence of this podcast. But shout, <laughs> out, shout out to Gabe, our friend, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who we who yeah. we went to go see play. But um, okay, real quick, uh, since we're since we're on sports, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Who do I have in the Super Bowl? Brady, Brady the goat, or Mahomes the future goat? I am going to oh, <laughs> Mahomes the future goat. Mahomes is the future goat, yeah. Oh man, I watched that last game with with the Chiefs against the Bills, yeah, and they just look like they can just beat anybody. Which is so worrisome. But then at the same time, I love TB12. Tom Brady is different. I've hated Tom Brady for many years. But it's gotten to the point where I can't even hate. You just have to appreciate You can't even hate. And appreciate greatness while, we still, or while we're still able to watch The biggest thing for me is that I've, the whole se- at the beginning of the season when everyone was... Not everyone, but there were a lot of, kind of people hating on Tom Brady. Being like, oh, there's no way he's going to do it. Yeah. I love supporting him when, in particular in those moments. So... You know, as a New York sports fan in general, not much happiness in my life, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, given our dismal sports. So, I kind of, it wasn't, I wasn't supporting them, but every week I would, in particular, watch their, you know, Tampa Bay's game. And so I kind of probably developed a similar affinity to them. So, I, I, based on more of an emotional attachment, I probably would go with Tampa Bay. Um, I think that, I'm, I think their defense is so good. If it's going to be anything, it's going to be their defense that's mm-hmm. going to win them the game. Um, just because they're like front line, and then you know their inside linebackers are, like, and they're at home the, too, which is crazy. First team ever, scary, to, first like, team to ever play in the Super Bowl in their all time. Like David and um, Devin White. I mean, those guys are two forty five and can run a four. Yeah, four. yeah. We don't have to get too much into sports because most people, people probably don't want to listen. To that, yeah, they don't yeah. want to listen to that. Maybe stuff. we can so make a sports podcast. We could podcast. honestly, maybe you'll be my co-host <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're who was your who was I'm gonna go Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Okay, and they're at home. Yeah. So I'm I'm not picking them. Just for the record, I still think I think Patty Mahomes is about to go on a 
quite the unbelievable run. Like six Super Bowls. If he's in, yeah, if he could stay injury free, he's gonna he's the they're the favorites every year. But okay, just wanted to to get yeah, that on, to get that on the record. Yeah. Okay. Um. So kind of next topic of conversation. This is something that I told you I wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> the other day we get this email from our student government. Um, mm-hmm. class of 2022 student government. So, you know, I thought it was something serious. And I opened the email, and it's for something called... Well, the, the, the subject line is, Find your perfect match with Princeton Marriage Pack. Yeah. And my first reaction was, Why is our student government promoting this? What does one thing have to do with the other? Yeah. What is going on Normal, here? normal thinking. Yeah, that. and so I click on it, and I'm looking through the, through the questionnaire. So just for, for everyone who's listening, it was a, a questionnaire that was supposed to help us, I guess, find our perfect match. It has something like 52 questions. It asks everything from, do you care what your partner's um, political beliefs are to do you care if you're the center of attention in the relationship to just everything in between, a bunch of random different questions. So I just wanted to first talk about that a little bit with you. And also um, just add this one fact before and I think these two things sort of might be tied into it and play a role together but have you heard of the what is your estimate of the number of Princeton graduates who get married to each other I definitely know it's much higher than the average it is school uh-huh um what are we looking for like a percentage or yeah a, percentage so this is percentage of Print of graduates uh-huh. who are married to other graduates. To other Princeton graduates, yes. Oof. I I mean, do you do you have the average number? I mean, I there yeah number? yeah. There's I've been able to. There's a New York Times article about this that I've been able to find that has a number. For and Princeton a, or the average? For at, there's an average for Princeton and also compared to other schools, which also I will say Princeton is the highest out of all the Ivies. But yeah. Um. I don't want to go crazy on it, but I also don't want to... No, go crazy, bro. Go crazy. Uh, (laughs) How many Princeton grads that are married to other Princeton grads? You see, because mathematically, it's like... Hey, man, just say a number. Come uh, on. 15%. 15? That's your answer? Dude, you couldn't be further off. Okay, well, first, first of all, I remember at reunions freshman year, an alumni told me some absurd number. I was like, there's no way this is right. Like... He told me something in like the seventies. I was like, first of all, there's Wait, no way that's no statistic- way. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not saying that's the answer. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> an alum told me that the number was in the seventy percent. I was like, first of all, you're bugging. That is absolutely not true. And I look it up and I find this article and it says, well, first of all, the the way it starts is this is a quote from the article. It says. Princeton tour guides are often asked about matrimonial prospects and sometimes include. I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Ap- apocryphal statistics. 50% exclamation mark, maybe 75%. Okay, so that's a line. And then the actual number that this article provides for Princeton graduates is 53%. Ooh, hold on. Which I can, honestly, I could believe it. I could believe it. So first of all, honestly, first question. You think you've met your wife here so far? No. Okay. Fair enough. Me neither. <laughs> very, very solid. No. <laughs> very. I could. Yeah, I could agree with that. But second of all, back to sort of this marriage pact. Do you think the university has some sort of investment in getting alums and current students to marry each other? Because I'm Probably. very confused as to why our undergraduate student government is promoting this at all. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know how much the undergraduate. St- Government, student body, government, I don't know what to call them. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, you know, doing things with the university itself. But I would say that the university probably has an investment in the idea of graduates marrying each other. In that, I think if you marry someone from Princeton, mm-hmm. maybe even if you didn't meet them at their time, but then after meet them at an alum event or something like Reunions, that. Reunions. Reunions. happen every year, very lit time. You meet them there then you are obviously going to have a more positive experience about Princeton. Even if it's, let's say out of 10, you're rating after graduating with 7 out of 10. And then you marry someone from Princeton, most likely that number is going to go up in your mind just because psychologically you found the kind of the love of your life. And so you have a more positive experience about Princeton. Most likely ends up you donating more money in mm-hmm. the end. 
And so I do think they have, they probably have some, you know, weird investment, you know. They would like to see us all ulterior motives yes, to, could, to could, that. I, I also think it's like, they, that's kind of like a play. It's like, look, you come to Princeton, obviously academically, it's going to be a great school, but you're also going to, <laughs> to be able to promote like oh 53 percent of our graduates are married to other princeton graduates it's it kind of develops that like oh look like this is a real community kind of thing yeah, like not you only know? will it set you up financially for the rest of your life i mean you'll find if the you love choose of your, life. your university based on whether you're gonna get married i'm not sure that's the best idea but uh yeah i'm, I'm still confused about this marriage pact. i mean i didn't do the questionnaire so i, I didn't know. either i looked through it and in a second i'm going to ask you some more questions about it but then i also did more research and apparently it's something that has popped up at a lot of different schools and there is a whole Instagram account with testimonials and there was this one couple who said that they applied to to live to for housing for people without children because they met on marriage back and all of it just seems a little too sketchy to me I'm a little bit weirded out by the whole thing I will not be trying to find my wife also marriage back college I mean every, yeah it's, I mean I'm a young I'm a not young trying to man. find my wife right now exactly I'm, I'm yeah. 21 years old yeah my, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my good years of yeah right <laughs> <laughs> okay I don't uh, know if my mom will be happy to do it you need to find somebody <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just I'm gonna just ask you a few of the questions on here. Yeah. First question: Do you prefer politically incorrect humor on a scale of one through seven? Just in case there's a girl listening who's interested and they might just check some boxes. Uh, and, right then, and then I can just yeah, fall I can off d- some exact, lists. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So okay, first question: <laughs> Real exposed. <laughs> do you prefer politically incorrect humor on a scale of one being strongly disagreed to seven being strongly agreed? Do I prefer? I mean. Sometimes, yeah. Probably high up on that note. I need a number, dude. It's one through Um, seven. Answer the question. Do I prefer politically incorrect humor? If it's funny, yeah. Probably like a six. Okay, good answer. I agree. Uh, Next question. It's not funny then. If it's just politically incorrect for the sake of being politically incorrect. Then that's not by the same. Agreed. But you have to respect the attempt. But that's all. Yeah, correct. Fine, fair. Next question. If there was a red light but no one was on the road, would you go? One being no way to seven being, and I quote from the article... Vroom, vroom. Oh, no, I ain't trying to get a ticket. Really? Yeah, yeah. You don't... You're well, not... I think in England it's different. There's cameras everywhere. Okay, fair. But also, if you're on the road and it's like 2, 3 a.m. and there's literally nobody else on the road, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I'm still here. No tickets. Actually, I'm just... Okay, never mind. I probably don't. Uh, yeah, I don't want to jinx it. I don't got no tickets. <laughs> yeah. Um... There is a place for revenge when someone has wronged me. I'm going to ask you two more after this. Is that scale of one to seven? From, from one being I turn the other cheek to seven being I'm plotting right now. I guess it probably depends on like what they, what the person does. I'm usually not that revengeful, like a vengeful in general. Like I, I wouldn't, unless someone like did something to like my family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, they so, like disrespect. Okay, like, so sometimes you're seven, sometimes you're one, which really is a cop out answer. You okay, I would say question. I'm probably like more often than not like a three. Okay, fair enough. Okay, second and last question. I consider myself to be an adult. One being LMA uh-huh. to seven being completely. Yeah, um, an adult. I'm definitely not an adult. Probably like a two. Okay, nice. And final question. <laughs> final question. It is important that I make more money than my peers. From one being strongly disagree to seven being strongly agree. Oh, this, this is a good question. I'd say because I think I want to be honest about it, and I think people would be super dishonest. Like, <laughs> yeah. I won, but like at the end of the day, that's not. I, I I'm also like realistic, but it's not priority. I'd probably say. Like a four, five, like middle of the range. Kind I of like, like that answer. I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna say like five, six. Honestly. Just because like it's a, it's not like I'm not. I, I know people are probably gonna lie on this and be oh, I strongly disagree. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but they'd be. Like, but in the back yeah, of the hand, yeah, they yeah, they yeah, still yeah, care, yeah, and yeah. I want to be more honest about it. And also, when it says peers, is peers, is peers, other Princeton students, yeah. there's people here about to make a lot of money, or is it just like <laughs> everyone? Yeah, because then we have no chance. Or is it just everyone in my age group? And it's like, I'm out in the world, and I'm, do I want to make more money than everyone, like most other people? And I think that might be a different answer compared to other Princeton students. Because in the general world, I would like to make some money. But if it's compared to other Princeton students, I, I, I would like to be middle. Middle of the pack is all right for me. Yeah, I feel like that's probably a good answer. All right, but yeah, so I just wanted to... Yeah, I didn't even know these were the type of questions. These are like... It, it, yeah, dude. It, there, and there's, there's 
54 more where these came from. Oh, my goodness. So, now that you're interested, maybe fill it out. Get your match. See what's we'll see what's up. Wait, and so, how, I don't know. If, do you know how it works? Like, do you, so you fill it out? And you fill it out, and everyone and then... gets one match. That's actually hilarious. It is. And I, I'm very curious. I I'm wa- curious. I want to do yeah, it. I, I want to like know the person. I want to see who they match me up with. There might be someone that they match me up with. I'm like, that's what's up. But it's also very dependent on who does it. True, because not everyone's going to do it. So if every single person was obligated to do it, then I would do it just to see my potential match. But I'm not about to fill this out just for the sake of it. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that's so. I just wanted to bring that up, speak about the marriage pact. Hopefully, yeah, I don't know. Haven't met my wife. People out there, do it. Do the marriage pact. Yeah, I don't know if my wife wife is going to be a Princeton student, but yeah, whole different, whole different conversation. (laughs) But um... Okay, yeah, so, and final thing that I wanted to talk to you about is... Let's hear it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had a whole list of questions. Um, or was that... No, that might be a conversation from my podcast with Nadia. But actually, we've, we've done 50 minutes. 50-something. I can't do math. If people listen to me for 50 minutes, I'll be super surprised. That's what I'm There's saying. No that's chance. honestly, with this podcast, I don't know who is interested, what people are interested in hearing about. So actually, yes, that's one thing that I wanted to mention. If you're listening and you have ideas... Oh, I forgot. There's one more thing we're going to get to after this. <laughs> but okay. But we... So, I'm, there's an outro, <laughs> and then we go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But um, I'm very open to ideas and questions and criticisms. This is just the second one I've recorded, and I still am not completely sure what direction this is going in. So... If you're still listening at this point, first of all, I love you for listening for this long. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Second of all, reach out. If you want to be a guest, let me know. Questions, all that good stuff. But okay, yes, the final thing, which I want to make a reoccurring segment on my podcast, Go With The Flow. Mm. At Princeton, we have this thing called Tiger Confessions, which is a, a Facebook group where you can post anonymously, and then people ask themselves, can respond and answer the questions, that sort of thing. And so I would like to make it a reoccurring segment where I read one of the questions or posts and we just we just discuss it. And so Fair. the one that I found for us today is it's actually kind of sad, but we're going to talk. Not, not it's not like really sad. It's just uh, I'll read it and then you could judge if it's sad or not. Right. You might be like, this is stupid. The comment or the post says sophomore here feel like my friend group is cutting me out. They are on Zoom calls all day with no invite my way. Even when I text and ask if they were free to talk, they all usually lie and say they're busy instead of inviting me. I asked one of my good friends to take a walk in the afternoon and she said she was feeling super tired. And then an hour later, my friends post a story on Instagram with the whole friend group taking a walk. And no, and they mean that. And now that bicker is coming up, it's getting worse. Feel like they're going to leave me behind. So, oh, no. that is pretty sad, right? Oh, that's so sad. That is no, you're right. No, I don't mean to laugh. No, I'm not laughing about the post. I'm laughing because no, yeah, it's not funny. You're a bad person. I'm not. No, relax, relax, relax. Okay, so if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> so this will be like a I don't know advice segment, whatever, whatever. Yeah, we're still trying to figure stuff out. So, what are your immediate thoughts to hearing said post? What is your advice for said person? What do you think they should do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean that's tough. It is tough. Have uh, you ever had this experience of being cut off by the friend group? Was what's up? Not particularly. That's no. what's up. Your friends like you. Nice. Yeah, I would say that. I think if, I mean, I'm definitely not one to be giving advice just because I think I don't know if you want to actually. My <laughs> but I would say that I think that um, if they are, I think at Princeton, in particular in freshman year. Your friend group's not always the best friend group for you. Agreed. It's much more the convenience of people who are near you or who are in classes with you. And so you stumble upon friends and and potentially hope, think that those are going to be your best friends for the next three years. Mm -hmm. But I definitely would say that it's not the case at all. Uh, I think that there are some people that will stage like... For Lauren, for example, one day of my one. friends. Since day one. Let's Since go. day one. Jelani, great friend of mine. Since, Since day, day one. one. So there are some that are, from day one, I think those were more like affiliations, groups, and sports. And so those obviously develop a new a new way of it. I would say that if they're executing, you know, leave them. You know, who needs them? Easier said than done. I understand that. 
Um, I don't know if this person's bickering somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Bicker process in general. Is Bicker's a whole online. different monster that we yeah. don't have to get into. Jaylani and I talk about that a little yeah, bit. Honestly, we should talk about it more, but we talk about it a little bit, but we don't have to get that's into That's a bicker. serious monster. But I, I would say that I think it's nothing to worry about. Also, like, freshmen were only on campus for a few months. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say who your good friends are when you only knew them for five that's months and then were thing. online for a while. Yeah. I would say it's maybe different if you guys spend, like, the whole year on campus together and, like, develop this serious bond. Um, I think they were probably more convenience friends. They probably sound like not the nicest people if they're just avoiding you. I think that... Yeah, assholes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, your friends so, are assholes. And also, particularly, if like, they post it, because then they probably know you're going to see it, which is even worse. Yeah, probably honestly. tagged you too, huh? Yeah, exactly. Assholes. So, I mean, honestly, who are these people? That's Leave them. Leave them. No, but, uh, yeah, in, in my opinion... Well, one thing that I always say is I am never going to try to be friends with anyone who's not interested in being friends with me. I don't need you that badly. Yeah. But um, if because this sounds like it's so, it's it's supposed to, it sounds like your established friend group. The one thing I will say is similar, very similar things to what Max said. You didn't really get to explore and meet as many people as possible, and it sounds like this might be the type of friend group that would have deteriorated, and you would have wanted to leave anyway. I know for myself, the end of freshman year and the start of sophomore year was a time where I really reorganized a lot of my friend groups. Not even unconscious, it just it just naturally happens yeah. that way. And some people you drift away from and others you get really close to. And so I would say that that would have naturally happened anyway, especially if your friend group is treating you like this. But I will say also there there's a lot of people in this time period because of COVID and everything who are actively searching for friend groups that sort of thing so i would just say this friend group they sound like they friggin suck so i'll yeah. probably ab- leave them ab- be a abandoned side group <laughs> you don't really need them they're not i promise you they're not all that you don't need to try to force yourself to be friends with anyone it's probably yeah. not really worth it and i think you will be able to find people who appreciate you for who you are and don't post stuff on instagram when they say they can't hang out and all that yeah, little stuff that's that those people are serious they're the worst, the worst. they're the freaking worst I mean, so yeah like who who does that 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 is that is our advice from us we don't really know much so we're just speaking so <laughs> if you're potentially if, listening to if you're podcast. listening that's what i'm saying you may not even be listening this might never get to you i should respond actually no i've never written a word on tiger com tiger confessions i've never been I'm, on tiger Confessions. i've never submitted so. a post i've never commented and i don't plan on ever doing either of those things but i'm gonna peruse the page just to find content yeah, for the fair. podcast but yeah that is that is our general advice forget about that friend group you don't need them you're probably cooler than them anyway and one day when you're more successful than them don't forget to let them know that's what's up <laughs> that's it okay and then the very final thing because i did this with jaylani also mm. is just a quick fire would you rather that's all Princeton based. Alright. Are you ready? Yeah. First one. Roma or Whitman Dining Hall? There's a right answer. Because one, one, one of the places has Howard and the other doesn't. Yeah, it is. It's Roma. Shout out to Howard. Yes. Roma's the it best. It is Roma. Uh, would you rather go to a sports game or a dance show? Varsity sports game or a dance show? Still probably go to a sports game. Fair enough. Although, shout out to the dance groups. Fire. I, Some of them are fire. And sometimes the, the the energy is there. I didn't know I liked dancers until I got to Princeton. Yeah. They, they, I mean, I got, that I one was it. a tough one. Depends what varsity sport, I guess. Fair enough. Eating club or co-op? Although, I probably... Yeah. Eating club. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> OA or CA? OA. But I was put on CA. This is a, you was a... Oh, nothing. Okay. Bridge year or Global Sun? Global Sem is that a summer thing? Global Sem's over the summer, but it's an actual class, and bridge year is is a gap year in between uh, high school and Princeton. I didn't get into bridge year. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. But I actually probably love to see that at the same time because then I want to meet you, Flo, May. That's what I'm saying. Things, everything happens for a reason, bro. And Global Sem's during the summer. I'll probably say Global Sem. But they're also in cool ass places too, like yeah. Kenya, Germany, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you get a class credit, which is great. Oh, wait, um, wait. So, Wawa or Huggy Haven? Wawa or Hoagie Haven? Yeah. For food. Oh, well, you see, Wawa has a lot of things. I mean, these are things you got to take into consideration. Yeah, Wawa has more than... Also, especially, you know, after, you know, you get some Powerade in the morning. I used to live in Forbes, so that was... I'm going to go Wawa, because I was a Forbes Cause person. It's, okay, you're a Forbes man. I like that. Yeah. Final question. A and B or IVN? Sorry? A and B the bar yeah, or, or IVN the other mm. bar <laughs> the bar or the bar <laughs> yeah that's a good one actually 
don't really know. I haven't been to them too often. I may just have to go with IBM just because of the last experience I had, I think. Yeah. I named karaoke there what's too. Yours? Mine? This is not about me, okay? This is my podcast. Yeah, but people want to know. Give no, them you're what right, they you're want. You're right, you're right, you're right. I would say since I lived very close to A&B last semester, so I'll go say that. Fine, fair. But IVN is great, too. They do have karaoke, which is fun. Yeah. I can't wait till that's back to normal. But this was fantastic and podcast. here we go. I think we did an Thank hour. Thank you to our sponsors. Hey, man, will you stop interrupting <laughs> me? Watch. That's why you just broke that. Oh, you didn't, you didn't break the glass. Okay, well... Thank you, Max, for being for being my friend, first of all, for being the second guest of my podcast, Go With The Flow. This went really well. I, I liked it. Any, any final thoughts? Thank you for having me. I'd love to be back. You will definitely be back. Potential. <laughs> I'm looking for a potential co-host, so maybe, or we could just start a whole different podcast. Oh, but, oh okay. But yeah. All right. If you made it this far, I really do love you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys.